Good morning, New Hope Community Church. So good to be with you again today and with our online church, Ohana, as well. Welcome out there. I'm Kahu Kimo, filling in for Kahu John today. My wife, uh, Lori, and I so appreciate Kahu John and Kahu Renee and trust their sabbatical is going well. It's certainly well-deserved. Anyway, to begin, I want to uh, ask how many of you celebrated Independence Day? You know, some of us had barbecues, some of us had luau's, kanikapila, fireworks, getting together with Ohana just on the beach, whatever. So uh, even though I can't see you in the recorded session, I just uh, want to remind you about the incredible time that uh, you may have had with your family during the celebration of Independence Day. And, you know, these are some of the ways that we celebrate uh, one of our most valued uh, possessions, freedom. Yes, you know, we can possess freedom. We don't think about it that way. But when we go out and celebrate uh, things like Independence Day with barbecues and luau's and other kinds of things, in a sense, we're celebrating that sense of possession of freedom. But, you know, um, freedom means a lot of different things. One is the ability to make personal choices in life. That's so important to each and every one of us. It means living our lives the way we want, what we like to do, doing what we like to do, do it the way that we want to do it. Freedom also means feeling safe in our homes and in our communities. Freedom means trusting that the future of our keikis is protected. And freedom means not living in slavery. You know, freedom is uh, something that humankind has fought for and died for on many battlefronts. Going back in history, I remember the Revolutionary War. That was freedom from England and the taxes that England imposed upon us. Uh, the Civil War, that was freedom from slavery. The Spanish-American War, that was freedom for the Cuban people. They were going through a lot of oppression. World War I was freedom from oppression. World War II was freedom from domination uh, by the Nazis. Uh, the Korean War was freedom from the spread of communism. Vietnam was freedom from the spread of communism as well. Iraq was freedom from terrorism, and Afghanistan as well, freedom from terrorism. You see, these are all examples of freedom from something that threatened to enslave a free people. You know, you've heard the, probably heard the saying, freedom isn't free. We use it to help people understand that sometimes freedom is worth fighting and dying for. There are some things out there worth fighting and dying for, and one of those things is freedom. I was a, I'm a Navy veteran. I served during the Vietnam War. And I thought when I was in the Navy that I could be part of setting the Vietnamese people free. But when I served, I began to see that true freedom is something that we experience internally through freedom in the spirit. This freedom can be experienced regardless of our situation if our lives are centered on Christ. Unfortunately, there are some problems that we need to recognize First of all, freedom requires sacrifice. But you know what? We don't like sacrifice. You ever been on a diet? Oh, what a horrible sacrifice. You're having to give up certain foods and, and eat other things that maybe you don't really like. But freedom requires sacrifice in the same way. Freedom requires faith in our fellow man. But you know what? We don't like to trust other people. We don't like to trust our government, those people in authority. So we have a real issue with that as well. Uh, freedom requires us to consider others before ourselves. But hey, you know what? We want what we want. We want what we want. Forget everybody else. Unfortunately, that is the flesh speaking, yeah? So we live in this paradox between how we ought to live and how we actually live. You know, our flesh wants 
one way, but our spirit wants a whole nother way. A great example of this is uh, the Apostle Paul when he wrote in Romans. This is Romans uh, 7, 15 through 24. He said, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. And he goes on to say, Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? You notice he doesn't say what will free me, but he says, Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Does all of this sound a little familiar? Your, your flesh wants one thing, but your spirit wants another. You know what you need to do, what you should do, but you don't do it. You do this other thing. You know, with all this talk about freedom, Unfortunately, we are all slaves, slaves to sin. We are not free because of the constant pressure to sin and live under the oppressive influence of you-know-who, Satan, the evil one. You know, America, interestingly, we're often touted as a nation of the free. If you look at it, we have border disputes going on right now down in Texas and, and those countries, California, that border, the Mexican border. We have a, a lot of people that, tens of thousands of people, really wanting to come into America and experience the freedom that so many of us, unfortunately, we take for granted. We take our freedoms for granted because, one, we're blinded to the very one who wants to enslave us, and that's Satan. And, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. He doesn't really have to work very hard to do this because we have sin working inside of us, enslaving us to him. There's this constant battle between spirit and flesh. Uh, Jesus was speaking in the book of John, uh, chapter 10, verse 10. He said, the thief, talking about Satan, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose, talking about himself, Jesus, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And who are them? That's you and I, followers of Christ. You know, as Jesus said, he is the one who can set us free from the slavery. But the slavery of our addictions, our tendencies for violence, our hatred and our cruelty, the way that we treat one another. Jesus said, I can free you from these things. He went on in John 8, 34 through 36. He said, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is is part of the family forever. So if the Son, meaning Him, sets you free, you are truly free. So if Jesus sets you free, you are truly free from all these tendencies that want to draw you in 
to the slavery of sin. Um, let me just share with you a personal example. One of the struggles that I had in my life was an addiction to nicotine through cigarettes. And um, I don't know how many of you out there have that struggle or have had that struggle. This is not meant to judge anybody. This is just to, to share with you one of the greatest struggles I had as a young Christian. Uh, many years ago, I was a naval officer and I would serve aboard ships. And uh, one night as I was uh, on the bridge, I was actually the officer of the deck driving the ship through the Pacific Ocean. Everyone else is asleep except for the bridge team. And here we are up on the bridge. I remember I had this moment of revelation. I'd want, wanted to quit uh, nicotine for so long. And I just had this moment of revelation. I saw the ashtray. And in the ashtray was a lit cigarette as well as a pipe that I had going. Had tobacco in the pipe, that's all, just tobacco. I also had a little bit of uh, dip behind my gum, and that was a nicotine uh, 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 product. I also had a big chunk of Red Man, which some of you may know is chewing tobacco, in my mouth. And I had this moment of revelation. I thought to myself, what am I doing? I have all these four means of delivery of nicotine into my system. I am truly addicted to this. And it was such a struggle, such a struggle. I wept over this addiction. Now, some of you may have this addiction. Some of you may be addicted to other kinds of things. But let me just empathize with you. I know the feeling of the addiction and wanting to break free of it. And I tried all kinds of things. I tried a water fast. I tried colon cleansing. I tried all the different stuff to try and quit. I tried the nicotine gum, the nicotine patches, all that stuff, and it just did not work with me. I was so strongly addicted to nicotine. But then one day on my knees, crying out before God, I, it was evening actually, and I was getting ready to go to bed, and I was just weeping inside because of this addiction that just held me captive. And uh, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I need for you to deliver me from this because this is not something I can do on my own. My flesh is too weak to this addiction. And I prayed and I prayed that night. I went to sleep peacefully, recognizing and knowing that he heard my prayer. The next morning, I woke up, but I didn't have that same feeling in my lungs and in my body, that craving for nicotine that I'd had so many times before. And I woke up and I had this, this amazing revelation of God's healing. He took my prayers, he answered my prayers, and he healed me from that addiction. And I've not had any nicotine uh, since those days, and that was the late 70s. So it goes way back. And I thank God for the healing that he brought. He, he, he broke me away from the slavery of that addiction. He set me free in that area of my life. You know, as long as we live according to the flesh and not according to the Spirit, we'll struggle to enjoy true freedom. You see, one of the things about the way God works is that flesh cannot inherit the freedom that we have in Christ. Only the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. There's a great example in Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 1, verses 37 and 38, where Moses is speaking, and he's speaking to the people of Israel, and he says, and the Lord was also angry with me. He said to me, Moses, not even you will enter the promised land. Instead, your assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, will lead the people into the land. 
Encourage him, he said, for he will lead Israel as they take possession of it. Now, if you know the backstory, previously the Lord had told Moses, now when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and complaining for their lack of water, he said, uh, the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there and I will pour out its water. He said, speak to the rock and I will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. You see, they were complaining about water and food and just the conditions that, that they were under. Numbers 20, verses 10 through 11, and it says, Then he and Aaron summoned the people uh, to come and gather at the rock. And he said, Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff, and the water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill that day. But Moses, in his anger, in his flesh, he struck the rock twice rather than just speaking to the rock. God had told him, just speak to the rock, but in his anger, he struck the rock twice. And in Deuteronomy, going back to Deuteronomy 1, 37 and 38, just to remind you, Moses said, it says, um, Moses, not even you will enter the promised land. This is what God told Moses. Instead, your assistant Joshua, son of Nun, will lead the people into the land, encourage him, for he will lead Israel as they take possession of it. You see, God, this is a great example of how God would not allow the things of the flesh, Moses and his actions in the flesh, to enter the promised land. And it's the same way with each and every one of us. Uh, Joshua was an amazing man. He was a man of faith who had submitted himself to the Lord. He was what we call a type of Christ. In other words, it's an example of what Christ did for us. Uh, he was the one to lead the Lord's people into freedom by going into the Canaan land and conquering all of the, um, the other peoples there that the Lord had told them uh, to go to war with and take the land. But he did uh, in his way, just as what Christ has done for us by his sacrifice on the cross for our salvation and for our freedom that we have in Christ. Now, I want to go back to Paul's letter uh, in Romans, to the Romans. Uh, that was uh, Romans 7, verse 25. And he says this. This is such a, uh, an amazing response. He says, Thank God the answer in Jesus Christ our Lord is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. You see, he was saying that in my independence... In my aloneness, I am powerless against my sinful nature. In my aloneness, my independence, I am powerless against my sinful nature. You know, we live in a society that treasures independence. I know that. I understand that and appreciate that. Our flesh wants to be independent from everything and everyone who might infringe in any way upon our independence. But our desire should not be to be independent but to be interdependent, dependent on God and interdependent on each other. We need so desperately each other to fight the good fight of faith. You see, in our aloneness, we are powerless against our sinful nature. And to be interdependent requires us to trust God. It requires us to turn away from our sin, to accept, receive and accept and believe the sacrifice 
of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and live in community, ministering love and care for one another. Many years ago, when I uh, came to the Lord uh, in a very zealous way, uh, I thought, you know what? I know the Word of God. I want to be a Lone Ranger Christian. I want to just take my van and park at the beach, and I want to share the gospel, the good news, with everyone or anyone who is willing to listen. You see, sharing the gospel in that way was not necessarily a bad thing. It wasn't necessarily wrong. But I didn't think I needed the local church to live a life of freedom in Christ. I thought, you know, I can do this on my own. Just God and me. I don't need other people. But boy, I was wrong. I witnessed others who tried to do this very thing. They tried to live without the support of other believers. And they would often go down the wrong road. They would allow certain teachings and certain concepts to intermix or to mingle into that pool of purity of the gospel and begin to defile that purity. They would begin to teach things that were not biblical, that were not of God. And eventually it would cause them and their listeners to go astray. Oftentimes, these very people uh, that were teaching this heresy uh, they would end up leaving the faith altogether because when things got tough, they had no one to share their troubles with. They were lone rangers. They didn't want community. They didn't need community. They didn't need other people because in their pride, they felt, I can do this on my own. It's me and God. I just need to hear from God, and then I just need to do what God says. Well, God says that we are to live in community, and that was one aspect of their faith that they chose to ignore. Fortunately uh, for myself, I came to that realization. I did not walk down that path. I pressed in deeply into the congregation that I was, that the Lord had placed me in, developed fellowship, friendship, relationships, uh, got together in small group ministry, came to uh, church on uh, Sundays. Every day, in fact, the, the church doors were open. I was there. I so desperately needed community because we need each other. You see, the, the answer to true freedom is, is, is in Hebrews 10. It's right before the chapter on the great men and women of faith in chapter 11. It's an interesting place to, uh, put, uh, a place to put that particular, uh, those particular scriptures that give us this answer to true freedom. And it goes like this, Hebrews 10, 20 through, 22 through 25. Let us go right into the presence of God. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him, fully trusting Him, taking away all doubt. Go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. And it goes on to say, For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. You see, sometimes we forget that Christ died for us, that his blood covers over our sins. And we began to ruminate on our sin again. We began to allow that sin to take over our mind and begin to convince us that we have not been cleansed by the blood of Christ. It goes on in, in verse 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. You see, unless we're in community, we can't motivate one another. 
We can't help them, encourage them into acts of love and good works. Verse 25, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. So let us not neglect our meeting together. Now, I know that COVID, the, the pandemic, has created a lot of online church worlds. I understand that and I appreciate that. Some of you are uh, of a health situation that you can't come into uh, church community. But let me just say this. If you can come and be a part of the face-to-face -face community here in the local church, then I would encourage you to do that because it, that is so important. If for some reason you can't, please, please, please try to get into a small group, some, some subgroup of that local church where people meet and they pray with one another, they, they encourage one another, uh, and they love on one another. That's so important. So it says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, Jesus is coming soon. We don't know when. We continue to wait on him. We trust he is coming. We trust that when he comes that we are going to be with him again. We will have new bodies, new names. Eventually we will come back and he will build his new Jerusalem and we will live out eternity in his presence with one another. But you see, the, the solution to true freedom is not really that difficult. It's not that hard. We can experience freedom from everything that tries to oppress us through Christ, the one who died for our freedom. Through him, that's how we can experience freedom. And we do that by continuing to live in community, loving one another, caring for one another, being there for one another, encouraging one another, giving each other a good word when you are together. Words of life, not words of death. Speak words of life to each other. Praying for one another. And most importantly, continuing to gather together to share your lives with each other. Enjoy each other. Eat and drink together, but not too much drinking, okay? <laughs> Enjoy music and dancing with each other. This is what we're supposed to do as Christians in fellowship with each other. This is freedom in Christ, regardless of your circumstances. You can be in the most difficult of circumstances, and you see this in other countries that don't have the physical freedoms that we have, but they survive and they thrive in the spiritual freedom and the freedom of community one with another, loving each other, caring for each other, praying for each other. They have a true freedom that we have in Christ. And let me just say that if you're here for the first time, maybe you're, you're, you're online out there and you're, you're listening to this message for the first time, maybe you stumbled on it, maybe you're part of the regular online church, but let me just say that, that if you've never heard the message of freedom in Christ, the fact that we are called into a dependence on God, but an interdependence with each other, then let me just, just uh, lead you into that place where you can experience that very same thing. So I'm going to ask you, if, this, if, if you're one of these people that have never experienced a true abiding relationship with Christ, I'm going to pray right now online with you. I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes and pray along with me as I pray. Receive this prayer because this is so important. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. And he says, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, I will be your Lord and Savior. So let's just close our eyes and let me pray for you right now. In the name of Jesus, we are so grateful that you provide a way into freedom through the blood and sacrifice of Christ. 
Lord, I come to you this morning and I'm weighed heavy with the sin that I have carried for so long. And I know that you can free me from this. And I ask, Lord, first of all, for your forgiveness for the sins that I have, uh, that I have shown and that I have borne all of these years. Lord, release me from this, Father. Become the Lord and Savior of my life, Jesus Christ. Please help me with this. Minister to me. Lead me into a church where I can develop community, where I can have people pray for me and I can pray for one another and that we can encourage each other. Help me to embrace the body of Christ in the way that your word teaches. Help me to become that man or woman or child of God that you've called me to be. And I just thank you for this. I receive your salvation by faith today. I thank you, Father, for the uh, forgiveness of my sins today. And I just commit the rest of my life to you in Jesus' name. Let me just say that if you just prayed that prayer along with me, that the angels in heaven are rejoicing over your choice, please get a hold of the church here and uh, the administration here, and they can help you. Give them a call. They can help you uh, take your next steps, uh, provide uh, a Bible, lead you down a path, begin to lead you down the path that will help you grow stronger and stronger in the Lord and to free you from all of the uh, things that may try to enslave you in the days ahead. Be free in Christ, and I thank you for being with us today. Aloha, and have independence from the Satan, but dependence on God and interdependence with the rest of the believers in Christ. 